Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Susie Perry. Welcome to the BT Sport MotoGP podcast. Coming up, the views of James Toesland, Neil Hodgson, Keith Ewan, Julian Ryder, and Gavin Emmett. But first, here's how the race was won. It's been a classy ride for Danny Pedrosa as he comes through the last fast rights down then to Jorge Lorenzo corner as the Repsol Honda, his side of the garage anyway, are up on the fence. So on Spanish Mother's Day, it is going to be Danny Pedrosa who takes it home to take the win over Mark Marquez. Six seconds behind. Jorge Lorenzo, though, is surely man of the match with that magnificent finish on the Ducati. I don't think anyone was expecting that. Zarco fourth. Or that. (laughs) Yes. What an incredible weekend we've experienced here in Jerez. The 3000th Grand Prix, Moto Grand Prix. And it really has been huge celebrations. Let's have a look back then at MotoGP. So we'll go back to the start and uh, have a good look at that. Because it was Danny really that got the whole shot. But Zarco was really busy, wasn't he? Amazing. Danny got his usual great start. I mean, he's so light as we all know. He got um, a great start in America and he, and he backed it up here in Spain. Also, a great start as well was Cal Crutchlow. Um, it was a, such a shame. I think we're complaining about the wind, and I think that was a bit of an issue for the guys because on the fast right-handers where they were crashing, the wind was underneath the front end picking it up, and I think that's why a few guys lost the front end. But in turn two, Rossi was just getting pushed wide from Zarco, and everybody thought it was a little bit harsh from Zarco. But actually, we found out that Zarco had such a pace that that's why he was overtaking Rossi and, and the other guys as, as hard as he was because he, he was going for a podium at one point. Yeah, it was pretty extraordinary, and uh, we all thought that Rossi started off on the hard tire, but actually he was on mediums, wasn't he, on both? Uh, yes, it's a little bit kind of like confusing because everybody was changing on the grid and I don't, I don't want to say for sure, but yeah, that's, that's what we've been told. Uh, but here is uh, Johan Zarco's overtaking manoeuvres into the turn right here of the first two right-handers, turn 9 and 10. And then just underneath Iannone here into the last corner, they, that's such a difficult place to pass, especially on these early laps when the temperature in the tyres is not up to scratch. And then the same place again under Mark, Mar- under Mark Marquez into the last corner at Jerez. I mean, you've got to have some, some real feel and experience also in the hasn't got the experience yet as a rookie, but yeah. very, very impressive for Nyozarko. Obviously, fifth, two fifths, and now a fourth. Yeah. Uh, Tech Tuan must be so happy with him. Yeah, taking step forwards, and we can uh, hear from him now. He's talking to Gavin. So, Anne, congratulations. Absolutely brilliant performance yet again. We've said it every single race now that you've had in MotoGP so far. Did you think there was any chance of getting to Jorge there because you closed that gap again? I really believe I can, can be on the podium when over, Jorge overtook me. 
I was still feeling good uh, behind him. He was a little bit slower than me into the corner, but was working well on, on the driving in the exit of the corner. But I was able to manage my, my gap with him. But finally, he has been even more constant on the last maybe eight laps. And I try again to follow or to compensate, but uh, it was complicated because he was also good in the entry, good in the exit. So where can I find uh, the time? And the beginning of the race has been awesome. The, the feeling was great, really better than the others. I need to fight and take a quick decision, but it was working well. And just when I was second, and I was still feeling very good because it was just the beginning, I almost crashed on, in corner 11 and corner 12. The both in a row almost crashed uh, from the front. That moment, uh, Marquez passed me again. And from that moment, uh, I was wondering what's happened. Did I kill my front tire already? But not, it was just the wind that was pushing a lot in these two corners, so then I have to be a little bit careful, I was losing time. That's why, very nice race, target is to be close to the podium, to catch podiums. Uh, we could believe about the podium, the third place today. Finally, it's four and that's just perfect. And the top Yamaha as well, Joanne, congratulations, a brilliant start to your year, well done. Thank you. See you. Yeah, a really brilliant start to the year, not just moments uh, in the sunshine really and headlines and getting out there, but actually being there at the end of the race, that, that is exceptional. And today, those satellite Hondas were stronger than the Yamahas, were much stronger than the factory Yamahas, which is really extraordinary. A class act. It took him a while to get used to a Moto2 to get as good as he was. He's a double champion, as we know. But the, how quickly has adapted to this MotoGP bike, as well as Folger as well. He's done a great job in eighth place. Both satellite Yamahas in the top eight today. That's a great result for Tectoire. Yeah, it really is. So we're standing by the Mark VDS trucks and uh, we're hoping to hear... Well, we're hoping to hear from Jack Miller, but we might have to wait a long time for that. So let's uh, let's have a look at the incident then that uh, was quite dramatic at the time. This is Bautista. And yes, uh, that is Bautista <coughs> and Jack Miller <laughs> getting a bit of a shoe in into his tank. Um, so I'm not sure if uh, uh, Bautista finished the race today because I, I think his fuel tank was a bit uh, smaller than, uh, than usual. But uh, um, I think the frustrations from Jack there were he's been in the top 10 all weekend. He looked, he looked like a different man this weekend. We know the Honda's been going well this weekend, as we've seen with Mark Marquez and Danny Pedrosa. Um, but I think there was a definite top 10 possibility for him uh, and being taken out by Bautista. Uh, he wants to be careful, though, as we saw. His mum's just at the side of Bautista. You don't want, to, on Mother's Day, uh, getting the wrath of the Subbanon's modern. You won't want to mess with Alvaro Bautista's mum, Absolutely would you? not. Anybody's uh, mum. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Especially mine. And your, yeah, I was going to say that. It must have been a Jack Miller-sized footprint on the fairing there yeah, of Bautista's uh, bike but he's been fined a thousand euros for that and he's not very happy about it <laughs> that's good that's, that's gonna be worse than getting taken out in the GP I think for him bless him but, so he's, he's gonna be even more annoyed by that but you know we'll we'll see hopefully we'll get to chat to him see what uh, see what happened okay let's hear then from Alvaro and find out what the story is from him Alvaro I know that's not the result you wanted tell us what happened yeah for sure it's not the result that I expect you know, when you start in the, in the back, it's always you, you find a lot of riders, no? And I was step by step overtaking the, the rider in front of me. And when I overtook uh, Jack, I just uh, entered to the, to the corner one and I crashed, no? And unfortunately, I, I pushed him out and we crashed together, no? And yeah, for sure, it's not the best way to, to finish the race, no? And I'm so sorry for Jack. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, this kind of thing can happen in, in the racing. No? Uh, then after the race, Jack came to, to my box because he, he was very uh, hungry and, and I explained to him that uh, I, I was passing him like a normal passing, no? just a crash. No? Because at the beginning of the, of the race, a lot of riders tried to, to, to pass the other rider, but they went uh, long in, in many corners. No? But I was in the, in the right line, just, uh, you know, when you are passing, you are taking more risk. And, and unfortunately, I crashed and I, I pushed him down. So sorry for him, but I think it's, uh, this, this kind of thing can happen in the races. Yeah, I'm sure Jack will calm down. Le Mans next. Seems like a track that works well with Ducati. I'm sure you're excited to go there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to, to, to forget this uh, race, no, for sure. Uh, we need to, to have better, better luck because we are working hard and looks like uh, we deserve a bit more than, than we are achieving right now. I'm sure you will get the look you deserve in the moment. Alvaro, we will see you there. Okay, thank you. See you there. How did you see that one, James? Uh, I think Bautista kind of explained he made a mistake. Mm. Yeah, that was more or less an apology, wasn't it? Uh, but I think with what Jack did to him in the gravel, he was a bit reluctant to apologise for it after that. But um, uh, unfortunate, because Bautista and Jack all of a sudden have found a little bit of, uh, of form, haven't they? Yep. So I think by uh, ending the weekend like this after so much hard work, it's just th there's the frustrations there. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you don't really want to be pushing Jack out of the way. He's a bit of a feisty boy, as we know. But, um, but I think all that you're seeing here is two boys that they're have... Just, uh, they're just a, frustrated, just wanted to get results. Because they've been back on it, haven't they, lately? And it's nice to see, and I hope they can just forget that and go to Le Mans and, and get sure back on will. it again. I'm sure they will. Um, somebody else that, that, just, that should have got a result, really, was looking so strong on the front row, Cal Crutchlow. I mean, yeah. and going really well on that hard tyre early on, you know, showing really good pace, and then this happened. Yeah, he was the best performer, actually, in the earlier part of the race, and then just coming round these fast right-handers, turn 10, 11, 12, um, I, the wind has really got up and the direction of the wind is blowing straight across from them and when you get on the throttle of a MotoGP bike, Paul Espargaro yeah. just after that and I thought there was maybe some oil down but I, there wasn't because of this wind when you're on the throttle on the side and the wind's coming against you and pushing you away and when you get on the gas you put, take a little bit of weight off the front and that little bit of weight off the front with a bit of wind that hasn't been here all weekend it's been catching the boys out and is that, yeah is that because it's sort of gusting because it's not constant is it it isn't no you can see with my barnet that it's a, a bit gusty out here and, um, and and it wasn't here yesterday at all so and friday was uh, bad weather but no wind so mm. i think today and there was none in moto three moto two either no it whipped up really when these boys went out yeah, didn't it it does and i caught think that's out. really really caught them out it's been behind them down the start and finish straight and you saw a couple of people going deep into turn one because it's been behind them and i think through those fast right-handers it was just offloading the front uh, just enough to to take it off the floor well, it wasn't to be for Cal Crutchlow, but it was the day for Danny Pedroza. Red letter day for him. Superb performance, really, all weekend, every single session. He's just showed why he did deserve the victory today. Let's hear from him now. Danny, so, so pleased for you to be back up here on the top step of the podium, but here in Jerez especially as well to do it. And it wasn't just in the race, was it? All weekend. What, what has it been? What's the key? Yeah, I don't know. Since, uh, since the beginning, I had a good feeling on the bike with the tyres and... I might say that the tests for us work well here and obviously we're different conditions, much better conditions at this weekend, but today in the race I, I put myself in a position to, to start well and, and to have the chance to, lead, to let the race and after the last race I, I was willing to, to do it for longer 
And I, I must say, Mark was very strong at the middle end part of the race. I knew he had the, the rear hard, but this was not my, my big concern today because the, the, the thing was I had to pick the, the hard front, which I wasn't as, as comfortable as with the medium. But the conditions of the track were really difficult on the front and was easy to make a mistake. Uh, the front was all, all the time sliding. So it was really key to, to keep the pace and try to make no mistakes. I did a few, but I was able to, to keep the gap open about a second and that, that margin was, was enough for me to, to control the race. So I'm, I'm really, really happy for me, for the team. Uh, they deserve it so much. The, the atmosphere at this track was amazing, thanks to the fans. And to have a, a, this, this magnific podium is amazing. I've got to ask you, mention the tyres there. Obviously, you went with the medium rear, the hard front, which almost a bit of a surprise for us. But uh, what is it that's changed in the tyres that's giving you the confidence that you haven't had recently? Yeah, it's true. Uh, I think the, the rear tyre was working a lot, a lot better than the last year here at this track. Towards uh, the end was a little bit on the limit, uh, the medium compound, but... I was able to manage and yesterday I tried the hard rear and I, I was not able to be as comfortable as with the medium and basically was the, for me it was the, in the front the thing. Uh, with the D I can be faster, with the medium one, uh, with the N and with the hard one I had to be more careful. Uh, the pace I knew at the end would, would not be a problem but I couldn't be as fast so I was trying to manage my, my pace. With Yamaha having a terrible day. You're in this championship, Danny. Do you feel now that you can push on from here? I didn't check the standings, but... I think about 10 points. I, I'm so happy. Uh, I don't know what happened really to, to Yamaha. Normally they are super strong at this track. Uh, but today we were at the top and this is what it counts for us. Thank you. All the best. Congratulations, Danny. Great win. Thank you. James, it was third for Jorge Lorenzo today and not expected really. They were looking to Le Mans to be their breakthrough race, but clearly something has clicked for Jorge on that Ducati, do you think? Yeah, on Friday um, I, I saw uh, an interview with him saying the bike parts are good around here, but I am. Um, I just looking at him going down the back straight here. I think this is the pass on Johan Zarco in the race. The pace was slow. Many, many riders had uh, huge problems. So I think this third place was a little bit fortunate for him but it still doesn't matter. He's got the trophy, he's on the podium, he's got all that kind of feeling inside him, the Ducati camp are much happier, um, and hopefully it can go on ahead. But at the end of the race, they were still a second off the Hondas, so a still a long way to go, and I think, but, but that might just give him the confidence boost he needs. Oh, a massive confidence boost. He said it was like a race win today, which you can understand with all the problems that he's had pre-season. He's found that bike, he calls it nervous, so difficult to wrestle around with, with his naturally smooth style. Well, we can hear from him now. He's talking to Gary. Jorge, you celebrated your 30th birthday here on Thursday. You, were, you just seemed in a good place. You seemed happy, you seemed relaxed, and confident about this weekend. It's resulted in a podium. How much have you enjoyed this Spanish Grand Prix? Best present ever. Uh, even better than a victory with, uh, with the Yamaha, because uh, we all know the difficulty to, to, to be fast in the, in the drive with this bike, especially in this track that for, for Ducati has been always difficult. Uh, but you know, we, we never give up, we, never, we always have faith and confidence in ourselves and uh, we just knew we needed more time, more kilometers uh, and uh, to understand certain things to, to, 
to take the maximum to, to his bike. I'm still far from the maximum. The bike needs to improve the weak points. But here in this track, finally, I've been competitive all the weekend. And uh, I didn't expect that, uh, to be honest, to fight for the, for the podium. But finally, the race pace was not so fast. And I could overtook uh, Zarco and go away from him in the last laps and uh, enjoy this, uh, this result uh, over my helmet, no? on, the, on my helmet. I'm just intrigued about what's changed because people keep saying to us that Jorge needs to change his style and so on, but it was you that liked the track, not the bike. So you seem to have made the, a bike work around somewhere it didn't like. What is it? I said, no, my, my, my nucleo of my riding, I, I will never change because uh, I believe this uh, gave me so good results in the past and will give me good results in the future. But you know, every bike is different and uh, especially this bike that is so special and you need to understand certain things, like for example, to use the rear brake that with the Yamaha I didn't use it. Certain things, no, to be a little bit more aggressive with the bike, with the with the throttle, to enter a little bit sliding more than. than... So I understand little by little these these kind of things. Also improve my physical condition because with this bike you need to be stronger. And uh, we did the podium in in the unexpected track and in unexpected moments. So let's see Le Mans and Mugello that have uh, longer straights, if we can improve this uh, third position. That's what I'm going to say to you, because Le Mans uh, is somewhere you also go well. We know you, the bike goes really well in Mugello as well. Is this a message to everybody, what's coming from Auré? Well, I, I believe it's better to speak on the track, obviously, no? but uh, I always think that sometimes people uh, speak too much, no? Kraslov or Kapirossi, they, they spoke too early, no? say that it uh, was like, impossible that a smooth rider could, could go fast with the Ducati and, uh, you know, they, they need to keep more quiet, no? because, uh, but in general, not for me, no? in general, it's better not to speak about the riders because all the riders who, who stay in the World Championship, someday, even the, the ones who, who finish on the back, someday they can be in the front, so it's better not to speak uh, so much. Great to hear, Jorge, congratulations, enjoy this podium with Ducati, your first one, well done. Thank you. Well, he certainly did the talking on the track today. Interesting what he was saying, though, about his riding style and not changing the nucleus, he called it, the, the, the general, his general style, which is very smooth and not very Ducati-esque. And everything seems to be now working around his style. But that's quite a surprise, isn't it? He's won multiple world championships, so you're not going to get that out of him. And he, he has that inner confidence. You can tell that his style is possible to win championships and win races on, even on a Ducati. And by taking the wings off the Ducati from last year to this year, I think it has taken a, a bit of a step back. So fair play to him. He is a world-class rider, and I hope that Ducati and him can, can have a fun time because he, he's, as, he's as good as anybody on the track and deserves exactly what the other riders are getting and he's putting the work in. It's more of a physical bike because it doesn't do what you want it to do. He's putting more of a training in and he's getting there. So, fair play to him. Yeah, since you're sort of meeting in the middle, don't they, really? Which is, uh, which is working very well for them. Interesting to see. OK, let's move on then. It was a terrible day for the factory Yamahas. There's no other way of saying it uh, where they went backwards and uh, nobody expected that. I mean, I think everybody knew that this was going to be a Honda day, really, but you expected a flight. You would have thought one of them would at least would have been on the podium. And to watch Valentino being passed and going back was, was quite extraordinary James. It was. What I were mean, the problems here? Well when Valentino kind of got past Dovi and uh, Vinales earlier on in the race I thought oh here we go uh, Rossi's uh, rear tyre is coming in good and he's going to uh, make some progress but his front tyre you could just tell he just could not stop that bike he was wide on every other corner and Valentino Rossi never makes hardly any mistakes in races 
look at that into turn one I know the wind's up a little bit but Valentino doesn't make these kind of mistakes that we've seen you know Alicia Spargo going past on the Aprilia I think that was just the final nail in the coffin for Valentino's race to see an Aprilia coming past you know with how uncompetitive they've been even with that new engine yeah you could just see that it just couldn't turn it I mean looking behind to see how many more people were going to pass him and you never see that do you well Cruising it was damage limitations in the end and he still leads this championship and yeah. I think they'll assess all this but uh, he is still leading the championship which by the way is extraordinary yeah, but <laughs> after what's what, just happened championship wide open two yeah. points between Vinales four now between Marquez with that uh, second place and now uh, Danny Pedrosa went from 28 to 10 points behind so it's it's really closed everything up all right, it's incredible and speaking of Mark Marquez who now has got his hand on, on almost on the front there let's hear from him it was a great day for him well, Mark, at one point in that race, it looked like it was going to be a great day for Roser, your mother, because after Alex's win, you were closing in. It wasn't quite to be. Do you still feel the hard tyre was the right choice? Yeah, 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 yeah. Completely, completely, I mean, uh, the right choice for me, the, the Harrier tyre, because without that tyre, it was, uh, was impossible for me to, to be on the level of, of Danny. But, uh, but anyway, uh, I'm, I'm very happy with this second place because uh, today the conditions was extremely dangerous, uh, extremely critical, especially with the front tyre. And uh, I know that Danny, when he's like this, uh, he's really good to manage the front tyre. And I was struggling a lot. For me, it was too soft. Uh, I had a lot of closing feeling. Uh, Danny was uh, really far, really consistent. I tried, but then I had a few warnings there and I uh, said, OK, better to keep it uh, the second position. Uh, now we are there on the championship. We are very close, so very happy with uh, with this Sunday. I'm interested. You say dangerous there. What do you mean? Is that the wind? Was it the temperature? The track surface? I mean, yeah. When I say dangerous, it was uh, critical to have a crash. Uh, uh, dangerous to to take uh, zero points today because uh, the wind was coming stronger and stronger during the race. Temperature was very high. Front tire was uh, more and more critical in my in my bike, and I don't know the other bikes, but. Uh, but then I was uh, losing a lot in, in some uh, fast corners because I didn't feel comfortable. But, uh, but OK, I try. Uh, but uh, anyway, really happy. I'm intrigued now because Le Mans coming up. You chose not to test there because it was only half dry, actually, on, on that day. Yamaha have tested there. Uh, the new surface there, they go well in Le Mans, but so do you. So what are you expecting from France? We don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, here this weekend, honestly, we had a great surprise for all on the team because uh, normally here we struggle a lot. Already when we come here on the pre-season, we test only one day, but uh, we were really strong, especially Danny already on that test was very fast. For some reason, he and Jerez, uh, he, he feel really good. But, uh, but yeah, uh, we will see. We will try to do our best uh, on Le Mans, but uh, now enjoy this second place. And first of all, we have a very important test tomorrow. Yes, all the best for the test. Congratulations, Rodamak. Thank you, and congrats to all the mums in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye. It's all up for grabs. Take at this standings now. The difference is just two points between the two Yamaha teammates. Valentino Rossi leading Maverick Vinales. Mark Marquez now just four points off the leader, Valentino. And fourth, Danny Pedrosa hauling himself up the standings with 52 points. Then Andrea De Vizioso, Sharon Zarco, brilliant. Absolutely extraordinary from the rookie at Tech 3. Cal Crutchlow, not a good day for the Brit today. Down in seventh, Jonas Folger is eighth. Jorge Lorenzo up to ninth and Danilo Petrucci is rounding out that top 10. Uh, guess who's standing behind us? 
Yes, uh, indeed. Uh, you can see Francesco Bagnari is with us as well, but we've also got some noise going on uh, <laughs> with the guy that keeps the crowd entertained. I think but it's Fogornio or Legornio, isn't it? Fog, something like that, something yeah. Like. Uh, Francesco Pecco, as everybody calls you, thank you for joining us and congratulations today uh, on your second place. What a terrific day it's been for you. Yes, it's been a really amazing race for me because uh, this is my first podium in Moto2, the first podium of Moto2 of my team. And uh, it, was, uh, it was very difficult to, to stay concentrated on the, on the ride, the bike, because uh, the condition wasn't good. And there was more hot uh, than yesterday. And uh, was, <laughs> was... Just try to speak up. Just speak louder. This is what we have to put with this all it's the time. It's going to be difficult You your job's hard, Pekka. And uh, in the last laps, was very difficult to... To continue in the same pace because the tires go down uh, too much, and uh, yesterday was more was more easy to mm. keep one um, uh, the pace more constant, and uh, but nothing. I finished second, second, and uh, was uh, it has been a, a really great day for me. It's um, first podium in a rookie season. We've seen many riders come from Moto3 to Moto2 and find it difficult to adapt. I'm really interested as a rider. What are the differences you need to do from Moto3 to Moto2 to learn fast? Uh, the most important thing is the, the, the race because uh, the bike changes a lot in the race and when you start you have the, uh, the fuel tank uh, completely empty and uh, it's difficult to stop the bike. When um, remaining 10 laps the, the tires start to go going down and uh, it's very difficult to, to close, the, close the lines because uh, slide a lot the rear tire and uh, it's very difficult to, to close the line and uh, it's the only thing you need to improve uh, every day with the Moto2. Moto and uh, in this weekend we have worked a lot with all tires and uh, I've made a lot of laps with, uh, with all tires and uh, in the race it uh, was more, um, more easy for me to continue with uh, a good pace in the last laps. Francesca, can you describe your, your relationship that you have with Valentino Rossi and the input that he has into your team? <laughs> With Valentino, uh, stay, uh, every day we work uh, together with Valentino and the other guys of uh, the academy in the, in the gym or uh, when we go at the ranch or in the Misano's days. And uh, he, he helps us too much. Every day he can, uh, he can say to us something uh, to, to improve in the, uh, in the riding style. And it's very, very important for me and for uh, the other guys of the academy. I heard it was his choice to give you the Moto2 ride in, in comparison to the other guys. What do you think that Valentino Rossi saw in you compared to the other guys? Uh, I don't know, maybe the last, last season for me was uh, the best season in the World Championship. And uh, with Amaindra that uh, have a little bit of gap in the straight. And uh, for me, when I see that I can win some races, last year was uh, the choice that he had made for, uh, for me. Well, congratulations, an amazing start as a rookie. Thank you. thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, Francesco, for joining us. Congratulations, and we hope for more in Le Mans. Are you looking forward to that race? Yes, because uh, every year in Le Mans, I, I can make a, a good result. Uh, only last year was difficult for me, but uh, maybe this year with uh, Moto2, with the new uh, type of work we have made this weekend, is uh, more easy for, uh, for, uh, for adapt the, in, the, in the circuit and uh, we see what happens. Okay, thank you very much. Well <laughs> thank done. Thank you.
Well, another step forward then for uh, the, the, the Sky Boys. Uh, thank you very much for BR46 boys. Uh, they've had a you know a good weekend, haven't they? These are the race results. It was Alex Marquez who took the win in Moto2, and Francesco Bagna, Pecco Bagna, who we were just talking to in second. Miguel Oliveira, brilliant third position for him. Matteo Pasini, a busy race for him. He had to settle for fourth. Luca Marini was fifth. Marcel Strotter was in sixth. Then Dominic Egerton was in seventh. Tom Luti eighth today. He couldn't uh, maximise the opportunity he had uh, to take the championship a bit closer. Yoni Hernandez in ninth and Axel Pons rounded out that top ten. Alex, congratulations. We heard you dedicate that one to your mum. I'm sure it's a special day, but were there times over the last couple of years where you weren't sure if this day was going to come in Moto2? Yeah, I'm really happy. I cannot believe now. Uh, I'm like uh, in another planet. Yeah, I enjoy a lot. Uh, win here in Jerez was, was like a dream, and every year I have it a, lot of, a lot of problems. But when today, uh, I saw it in the, in the beginning, that Morbidelli was down. And then I, go, I was all the race uh, like this, because I saw it him and it was so, so easy to make a mistake. So I, I tried to keep the concentration, but it was not easy. I make some mistakes, so we need to polish for the, for the next uh, races, but I'm, I'm so happy. And this, this race is for the team, for my mom. This, uh, today is a day mom, so it's, it's for her and yeah, thanks to everybody. Yes, it's Mother's Day here in Spain and Moto2 standings then look now like this. Franco Morbidelli, it wasn't his day today. 75 points, still leading the way though by 11 over Tom Luti. Miguel Oliveira uh, up to third on 59 points. Alex Marquez up to fourth and then Francesco Bagnaia, who we just spoke to, is fifth. Taka Nakagami in sixth. Luca Marini in seventh. Dominique Egerton is eighth. Lorenzo Baldessari is ninth. And Xavi Vieje nerfed off today. He is in tenth. Place. Now the big story really for British fans all weekend has been the fact that uh, Danny Kent, this man next to us, uh, parted ways with Kiefer Racing and I've got to be honest everybody's a little bit bemused about why so who better to ask than your good self, why did you leave? Um, there's quite a few different reasons to be honest, um, a lot of people thought it was uh, a rush decision but for me it's come over quite, quite a long period because um, you know, I was listening to, to Stefan's interview with you guys the other day and, um, you know, he said that I need to be more professional. But, yep. um, you know, I was the professional one which was not telling the media about all the problems inside the team and the problems that I was having on my side of the box um, in terms of tyre pressures and um, doing wrong stuff to the bike. So, um, you know, with some of the stuff with, with Stefan, I didn't agree with that. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it built up over, um, over a few months. Okay. Um, I, su I suppose really people are surprised because there would only been two races mm. and, and then it, that people might have thought, well, perhaps you didn't give it enough time. Can you understand that way of thinking? Yeah, I can understand that, but it's, it's two races in this year, but these problems have continued from almost the end of 2015, where these problems keep reoccurring and, um, you know, it, it's problems which, you know, me as a rider, it makes me look bad because people at home don't see everything inside the paddock. Um, you know, you see, you see, you only see so much, and you see my results, and you see me down in P20. They blame the rider, but they don't know the full story of what's happening behind in the box. Well, when you see your, your teammate Dominic Egerton in the top ten, though, yeah, 
do you not feel like you could be in the top 10 with him? Yeah, I honestly do. Um, and I think the bike is, and Dom is showing that the bike is capable of doing it. Um, and that was not my reason of leaving the team. My reason was there was too many mistakes and uh, it was making me look bad. Um, you know, it, it just kept happening already in the end of 2015. I got a lot of slay from, from people um, saying Danny's lost the plot, he's going to lose the championship, but they think it was just me. But like I said before, there was a lot of problems inside the team, a lot of mistakes, which was holding me back. Um, you know, last year in, in, in Brno, in, in Aragon, um, it made me look bad from the results, but it was down to tyre pressure, which the team made mistakes. They should be checking these things. And, you know, when tyre pressure should be 1.6 and you're going out with 3.0 tyre pressure, it's, um, it's not rideable and it makes me look bad. OK, well, you've, uh, you've got another, uh, another life, really, uh, with, with KTM, so we wish you all the best with that. Yeah, thank and uh, thank you for coming and uh, talking to us today, Danny. Yeah. We really thank appreciate you very much. it. OK, thank you. thanks. Good luck. The Moto3 result for you now, arguably the best race action that we've seen today. Won his first ever win, Aaron Canet. Uh, extraordinary uh, final lap from him, beating Romano Fanati and Joan Mir, the championship leader there on the podium. Marcos Ramirez, also really great racing from him today. Fabio Giantonio was fifth. Andrea Migno, sixth. Nicolo Bouliga was in seventh. Enea Bastianini, eighth. Jorge Martin and Juan Juan Guevara rounding out that top ten. It really was extraordinary. Here are the highlights. Into the braking area. Everyone's going to look for it. Kenneth comes up the inside. Does he manage to thwart the rest of them? He's got the perfect line. Aaron Kenneth has left it to the last moment and manages, surely. It's going to be Slipstream City to the line. Aaron Kenneth, has he done enough? Fanati looks at the inside, but it's Aaron Kenneth that wins from Fanati. Amir Ramirez, after a fantastic ride throughout, is pushed back to fourth place. And yeah, I, I mean, I made a couple of mistakes for sure. That's like I said, I hold my hands up with that. But um, we did, we did make a couple of mistakes with setup as well. We, we actually had a qualifying was the biggest downfall of the whole weekend. We had a, we had a tire problem, which was unavoidable. You know, we uh, put a tire in at a fault. We didn't realise that there was a faulty tire and tried to fix the setup to, to basically fix the problem. Uh, wasted too much time trying to fix the problem, and then. Uh, yeah, come the end, we said, OK, let's just chuck some new tyres at it and, and go again. And what we didn't realise is that the S tyre just wasn't working. Uh, we, we had a faulty one and it, and it wasn't working for doing a lap time. Everyone else found that out when they put the mediums in in the middle run and they instantly went about a second a lap quicker. And for the last run, they all then used M's instead of softs. And I went out, done my lap time. Uh, yeah, I was about a second off the pace, which when you look through the timesheet, everyone else was doing the same lap time. So, we knew we had the pace, we were just, yeah, wrong tyre choice. Um, not knowing that we had that issue at the beginning and trying to fix the bike, but the bike itself isn't actually far away. Um, we just lost valuable track time. So we went out in morning warm-up this morning, normal normal tyres, normal setting, really fast. We were up there, we were leading the, leading the session and feeling confident and then had a really strange crash, which was my obviously my fault. And when you crash, it's always always the rider's fault. But uh, yeah, on unexplainable really. Well a bit of a dark cloud over the British talent team today, not what they wanted from here in Jerez as John McPhee slipping down the standings. It's Joan Mir who is still leading. Romano Fanati moved up to second, switching places with Jorge Martin. John there in fourth. Aaron Canet is fifth. Fabio Di Antonio sixth. Andrea Migno is seventh. 
Marcos Ramirez moves up to eighth in the standings. Juan Fran Guerrero in ninth. And Nicolo Bulliger rounding out that top ten there. Got Neil and James with me now, and I'm uh, just quite interested in your opinion on uh, what Danny said. For unfortunately, we didn't have a long time to speak to him, but you know, asking him the questions, he talked very much, essentially about safety. I think he was getting at, and talking about the tyre pressures mainly. I'm still a little bit bamboozled, if I'm honest. But what's your take on it? Uh, just listening, he's, he's lost the confidence completely in the team with the mistakes that they've been making since 2015. That's what he was he was hinting at. Mm. You can understand that. But, but my argument to that is by jacking in after two races with the problems that he does have, the problems that he was talking about are easily sorted out. Tire pressure's from 3 to, to, to 1.8. You can take it, you just put your finger on the, on, on the valve and it's in half a second to the right time. To quit the team and to then risk no riding Moto2 ever again and go back to Moto3 when you've been a world champion that, is that, a big... That's the point, isn't it? It feels like risk. a backward step that he's taking. Do you know what? I think slightly different about it because okay, I've on. been in this situation and if you lose if you lose faith in the team and he, and he said it's not just this year it's been from previous years as well mm. you lose faith in the team the prospect then it's a, it's a long season obviously they're pretty much how many rounds to go 14 rounds to go well, of potentially being 14th place 20th place what's that going to do for his career mm. so in, in my opinion you've got You've but got in the a, same team as Agata. Why would he be if, if Agata's eighth in the championship? But it's a personal thing, though. And, uh, exactly. And, and sometimes, and I've been in teams where you're just not the favourite rider, you know, and maybe you're not quite getting all the attention you need, and his teammate maybe is getting better parts. You don't know. You've got to spend a day in someone's shoes. He won the world championship for us, first time since Barry Sheen. He's, you don't lose that ability. He's an incredible mm. rider. Well, that's my frustration because I know he's got more ability for me personally than Domi Kagata. But d yeah, don't, James, well, we all, don't question if you're in, if you've lost all your confidence. Like, don't other questions start entering your head? Like, am I going to crash? Am I going to fall? You know, as it becomes all very choice, negative. Though, as a career choice to stop now again in Moto2 for the second time, is quit Moto2. He, he, he didn't do anything with Tectoire and went back. He's already got the T-shirt of being a Moto3 champion. Mm. He's going to do a test on Tuesday with KTM. That, all that's about is KTM figuring out if it's the bike or the riders, because the riders aren't doing that great this year. Luckily, he's only 23 years old. He's got a long career ahead of him. And, and if this is a little blip, he's still got the opportunity to... Well, to who's going to give him a Moto2 career? ride again? Well, maybe he doesn't <laughs> want to do Moto2 anymore. Yeah, I don't right, know. you two, you know stop I mean? arguing that. <laughs> Tell you and there's no right, it's just different opinions, you yeah. know. He no. might head in superbikes, there's lots of things he might do, I don't know, but um, he's an incredible rider and he hopefully is. he'll get a, a, a second might chance. might go on all night. So I'd like to introduce you to somebody that's getting another opportunity. You see, you, you're never too old to have a second or third opportunity, still banging totally. <laughs> I'm not that old, is he? <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're not, but it's been a long time since you've been on a Grand Prix bike. Uh, this must be a mouth-watering prospect for you. Yes, it has been a long time. Um, I've had uh, quite a few years in superbikes and and uh, yeah, I left this paddock uh, in 2008, so uh, almost 10 years now. Yeah, so obviously um, you're standing in for Alex Rins, who's injured, and uh, coming in, it's going to be the French Grand Prix, your home Grand Prix. It's going to get some welcome when you get there. I know, and I've got such good memories from this uh, from this race, uh, from the French public, so I'll be, um, I'm so excited. I'm really, really looking forward to it. And for me, obviously, I have to get to grips with the, with the Suzuki now, um, get to grips with the Michelins, um, which is going to be feeling very different from what I know. But I'm, I'm very, very excited and you know, you never know what can happen in Le Mans, it might rain. As a French Probably rider, as your opinion on what Zarco's doing as a rookie in the Tectoire team that you were in in 2008, what, what, what are your thoughts on how well he's doing? I think it's unbelievable. I mean, today again, uh, what he's done today, um, the fighting spirit first, 
and then um, the control that he's got, we can see his bike sliding from the front, and I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. So he's, uh, he's obviously very, very confident in what he can do. And from, I mean, from the word go, you know, in Qatar, you saw what he did in Qatar, small mistake, but so much speed, so um, unbelievable. And he's not on a factory bike. With you and Zarco and the French GP, you're looking forward to Le Mans? And uh, Loris as well. So we'll be three, three French riders, uh, very much looking forward to it. Very excited. Um, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves because the, you know those bikes bite. But uh, we want to we want to go there and, and enjoy the, the experience and uh, you know represent Suzuki and give give my maximum for them to uh, uh, to be the best I can do. Well, that's it from Hareth. We'll be back in two weeks' time from the French Grand Prix at Le Mans. We'll speak to you then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.